Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I celebrate my love. Is it with you or to you? With, to you, for you, for, for, my love. For you, for you, you. yeah. Thank you, okay. All right, thank you. Have a great week, bye. Unless you're Prince Charles. But that's a whole different story. Uh, Um. Whatever. (laughs) Welcome to I'm Gonna Let You Finish with Port (laughs) Lady. What's up, girl? (laughs) Oh, fast question, because you would know this. Is there March Madness this year? Yes, there is. Oh, okay. Yes, there is. They're doing okay. it in like these bubbles, I believe, but there is March Madness this year. Okay, but I don't think a game is being, I don't think a game is being, being played at the garden. I, I want to say it's somewhere. But that's always, somewhere. that's always like NIT. That's always like the second tier March Madness. Yeah. <laughs> LIU! Woo! Go Blackbirds! <laughs> hey, I went to LIU. I Whoa. know, and. What? And Lucian has an amazing picture of him with some members of the Blackboard Cheer Squad. They did very well, but I'm just saying we're not getting Yukon and, and Chapel Hill. Right. Oh, well. Chapel Hill. Oh, well. Um, so, let's see. Heard anything new this week? <laughs> okay, so I heard that, like, there's this, like, black girl who used to live in England. Oh, yeah. And yeah. she's married to a ginger. Whose oh. father is unknown, but they claim he's a prince. Oh. And, and the, and the, uh, her former, or her in-laws in this really nice house she used to live in, they were mean to her. And so oh. they went on TV on a Sunday uh. and they talked to this <laughs> up and coming journalist, maybe uh-huh. you've heard of her, called, mm-hmm. she has a weird name, I can't pronounce it. I what accent am I doing? What accent am I doing? I don't even know. But it's it like. It started out Valley Girl and now it sounds like. It just went to Valley of the Dolls. Yeah, I know. It started out Valley Girl and now it sounds like every Ukrainian mail over bride. Fuck. So. Oh, well, yeah, Megan and Harry. Megan and Harry. Okay. Well, here's the thing. It's to me, though. And you I didn't watch it. Admit it. Well, Neither one of us watched it. We watched the no, greatest hit. No, no, no. Day. I watched it. I watched it. I watched it from beginning. Liar, to liar, house on fire. No, you did. did? Oh, I good for you. Okay. I watched the beginning to end. Here's what I want to say, and it's um, it's bigger than Meghan and Harry, and you know, a lot of that family stuff that's crazy shit. A bunch of it wasn't surprising, but it brought up. It really hit me in a way. It just it it made me feel like. I'm really, and, and I'm saying this for all my, my sisters out there, and especially for black women, I think as a black man, it's important for me to say this. I'm really tired of black women not being believed, ever. And when I watched what she was saying, and I watched the response to it, 
I just find it really interesting that if a black woman says she's sexually assaulted, it's like people just immediately, it's like they don't believe. If we say, this is happening to me, it's like there's all these questions and they never believed. And then I watch some women saying stuff about Andrew Cuomo and people are calling for his head from the Democrat. He has to stop because he asked this one woman about, you know, and I'm not diminishing any of what they said, but it's a very different response to for white women versus black women. And this is a raging example of it. Now, love or hate Megan and Harry, to me, it's neither here or there. These are two incredibly privileged people who are very wealthy and who have more money than most and will be fine. They're, you know what? They, they did yeah. what they needed to do to protect their life. But it really bothers me that the reaction that I've been watching and the conversation, um, especially with someone like, I won't, he who shall don't be even nameless. Like, you know what? Don't yeah, even bring I, him up. I'm like, not going to say it, but, but this is important yeah. because it's caused a complete situation with him and around the world. Cause the first thing he did was run the Fox TV, which is, you know, his U.S. home to come and say all the shit he wanted to say. That man is like an unflushed toilet in the Port Authority. Yeah, but let's, not e- let's not even No, 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 no. Please. I want to say this. Don't cut me off, please. I'm I not cutting to, I you need, off. But I need to say this. Yeah. I need to say it. It's important. Okay. I am tired of people with a platform constantly making any time black women say something, it feeds into this image of like the exotic woman who comes in and wraps her feminine wiles around this man. And he's just so enraptured that everything is her, nothing is him. Of course, she's, she's the temptress, he's the victim. And anything she says is just not true. I've dealt with so much racism. I think everybody just thinks racism is somebody calling you the N-word or saying something. And I didn't mean to yell at you. You know, it's just a thing no, that's really important to me. You know what I mean? You know I love you. And I, and I tell everybody, I know that when it comes to allies and having somebody who's going to stand by your side and be on the front lines of the fight, Amy motherfucking Lynn. Right I'm the Rosa Parks you of know? unemployed <laughs> music writers. <laughs> But I know who you are. You know what I, I mean? Know. So I, I was just I saying, want, I don't want no, to talk about well, that man. Well, well, I, I know, but I also get yelled at. I have some friends who are like, you yelled at Amy! I'm don't like, worry oh about my it. God, stop yelling at me. I didn't yell at Amy. Don't They're worry like, about it. Did. Don't um, worry about it. I'm used just, to it. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel like when will, you know, whenever something happens, you know, everybody loves to put up a black post on Instagram. and We stand with women. We stand with women. Well, then you can't pick and choose. If you stand with women, stand with women. Nobody is going to say that I was suicidal to try to get attention. I just don't believe that is a thing people do for attention. That is really serious. Mental health is serious. Trauma is serious. And I also think that watching people in the UK, you know, I watch Loose Women every day, which is the UK version of The View. Oh, I and thought I that watched, was just like your yeah. friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. That's yeah. a whole bunch of us, darling. But that, that's a whole other show. Um, I watched Jane, who Jane Moore, who was a panelist on that show yesterday, when one of the black panelists was saying to her, the part where Megan said, there was concern about what the color of Archie's skin would be. And Jane tried to make it, well, I don't even know what context that could be in. You know, like, like when I have a kid, you'd be, well, is the chin going to be like mine? And it's like, 
it seems to be whenever someone says something racist has happened to me, when we are black, we're supposed to, one, always try to explain the circumstance, why should we, or I notice everybody's taking sympathy. How could they do this to Charles and the Queen? It's like you're supposed to have to take into account the person or people who have done racist things to you. And I've noticed that across the board, not just with Harry and Meghan. You ever notice it's always, well, this isn't the right time. I wish you would just express this in another way. It is never the right way for people. There's never going to be a right way for people who are oppressors or racist. And as black people and people of color around the world and Asians, we need to stop this Asian hate that all of this that is happening we're sick of it, and we're not going to stop. And the cat's going to be out of the bag, and it's going to be some uncomfortable shit. And people get ready to deal with uncomfortable shit. Because being black and gay, I've dealt with uncomfortable shit. Like, do you want to know why I know how to describe what I am as a gay man? Because when I was young, I heard people calling me a faggot. And I had to figure out what that meant and what they were seeing in me that made them call me this as a kid. And so, you know, I was a kid who read a lot. I was pretty smart. I started trying to figure out, wow, that is kind of the first thing where I had words for gay and all of that because I was being called things and people were saying things. I heard grown-ups say things when I'd be out just from me being a kid, being myself. Like I was, you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I don't, I just, you know, I think I'm masculine in a normal way, but I'm not overly Mr. Ho, 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 but as a kid, I had a high-speaking voice. I was just myself, being a unique, creative, weird kid. And those things do shape you when you hear people say things around you, and the like the subtle bits of racism. Like, I integrated a school. We could do a whole story about going into a Catholic school with the first set of eight black kids in the second grade, and you guys move through all the grades together, and we are the black kids in the school, in Queens, in the 70s, where I lived on Rosedale. It was split by, Rosedale is split by Brookville Park. Now, Rosedale now is all black. All the white people left. On my side of the park was, you know, like new black families buying their first homes, moving to the suburbs. There's Brookville Park, and the other side was very white, very Irish, and Italian and no black. And as soon as black people started moving on side of that, that side of the park, they started selling their houses. So I understand the subtle parts of racism. I understand the nuances because it just hits you in so many different ways. And I felt her when she was saying some of that shit because it was familiar. And that's why you notice black people across the UK and across here, we all felt that because all of that is so familiar. And then when I see white people asking for explanation or just like, why don't you ever believe us? We're all saying the same thing. And we've been saying the same thing for such a long time. It's like everybody can't be lying. But you know what? We're not asking for permission anymore. And we're just going to steamroll through a lot of shit. I am heartbroken that it just seems like you watch people make just this whole subject into, like, it's not about a royal family. Of course, they're the original colonizers. Of course. They're all about bloodlines. Of course they weren't going to all the way be like, one, you're American and you're mixed race and you're divorcee. They weren't going to all be like, thank you, welcome, we love it. I just feel 
Like, it is time to start giving black women the same respect that we give all women. If a girl can say, Andrew Como asked me if I like older men and I was really terrified and everybody can call for his head. I think if a black woman is talking about some of the things that are being discussed this week, why can't she have the same grace? Um, well, I'm in a very uncomfortable position now because I, I um, first off, it's just interesting to hear the discussion uh, from the Brit- British black people as opposed to American black people, which is a whole nother kind of nuance of it. Um, I feel very sorry. You know, they are very privileged. Life will go on. Um, yes. it, it's a distraction. You don't move to the United States and go on television if you don't, if you want privacy. Um, that said, there are the racism, the, the race of the, the, the skin tone of the baby question did not surprise me in Oprah's Academy Award winning reaction to it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I would almost bet that they cleared the questions ahead of time. Just being no, me- no. All right. That's what she said. There was no. She, they, they. She, in the beginning, they were like, "You don't know. You don't know what I'm going to ask. You didn't ask to see any questions. They weren't being paid, so they made sure to put all of that out so that they right. didn't know what was going to be asked." I, I just think you know um, that there are parts of her story. I, I, I look. I empathize. I sympathize. At the end of the day, I kind of. It, it, it's not that I don't, it's, I don't want to say I don't care, but I empathize and I sympathize and it's horrible and no, we'll be okay. There are parts of her story that I have read from very reliable sources that are somewhat, have been somewhat misconstrued, uh, not misconstrued, not misinformation, but, um, you know, the, the child not getting a title. Well, the child wouldn't get a title because he's not on the right side of royalty. He's not an heir to the throne. So that's neither here nor there. I don't. I think women are always um, are always uh, minimized in a lot of ways. I also think the men, I don't want to get into the mental illness thing, but I will say this: it, I, I I do not discount that she was having desperate thoughts. I do not discount that or minimize that. I have dealt with mental illness in my family, in with myself, whatever. I just find it. I don't even want to get into it. I I, I just. I, I, I wish them well. I hope it's fine. I didn't watch it because at the end of the day, obviously they're talking about bigger problems. It's a very different issue overseas than it is the relationship between black people and Brit- and, and the Brits. But for people to think that they're going to bring down the monarchy is bullshit. This right. is what the monarchy is. Yep. For her They'll to survive. say that They've she had, for twelve hundred years. Yeah. For her to free. say that she had no idea who he was or she didn't. It's like, come on, you're a smart woman. I'm not saying any of it was justified. I wish them well. You know. To me, it's like it just brought up bigger issues. Like the Megan, like I said in the beginning, they're very privileged people. They've already made their escape. They have a lot of money. They're, they're going to do the things they want to do. To me, it brought up the bigger issue of right. black women when they say something happens to them, they're, they're not believed in I the I think same she's way. been believed. I mean, no, I think uh, she's... Uh, what? <laughs> okay. All right. I don't want to... I'm no, just saying, I, I, have I, you read the press of it? Yes. Split. It is, I'm not talking not about the... Believed. I'm not talking about the UK press. I have... I'm well, the American press is different, right? We don't have... Like, the American press, she's American. So we're... I'm noticing because, you know, she's American, we're having a very different reaction to it. But I'm also seeing, you know, just watching a horrible, the horribleness of, of Piers Morgan, who is so biased towards everything, just screaming, liar, liar, pants on fire. Then having her father on this morning, who 
well, yeah, admitted, but, that who admitted, yeah, I did lie to her, but then still trying to be the victim. You know what I mean? It's like well, I, I think yeah, I think we have to differentiate between UK press and American yeah, press. Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, I think it's a very different animal over there. Um, so I just think yeah. it's important for for listen. I think everything deserves an investigation, right? But there's certain things when it comes to race that are so familiar. And, you know, we could get in, like, we can, we don't even have the time to get into colorism because we can go into that in, in, in the black community as well. Right. That's such a yeah. different topic and it's heavy. Yeah. And I want this Harry and Meghan thing to move on, but the, the issues that they touched on to me are the bigger thing. Like I said, these are very privileged people who are going to be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm more worried about how you and I are going to be doing our shit than wealthy people in Montecito yeah. who are, yeah. who are already got multi-million dollar deals all over the place. You know, I'm sorry you lost your security. You had to get another multi-million dollar job so you can, you know, yeah. have more security. It's like, I'm just trying to get paper towels. You know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> it's like, but I'm glad this issue of race is up. I'm glad that to see all of these black women standing up, and I was really glad to see Alex, who is mixed race, who I love, he's the weather guy on Good Morning Britain, getting under Pierce's skin and letting him know that that shit was not okay the way he acted yesterday, to the point where Pierce walked off, and then he came back and they had this whole 15-minute debate, and Alex put it down, and I thought he spoke about it quite eloquently, and you guys should go on and look at the clip of Alex and Pierce and the longer discussion on Good Morning Britain, because I thought he made great points. All right, enough with that. What else did you hear this week, girl? Oh, Governor Suge Knight and his brother. Thank you, Dave. We got to talk about both of them. Yeah, thank you, Belgrave. <laughs> thank you, David Belgrave, our super fan. Super fan, Dave Wait. Belgrave. Um, okay, here, yeah, I mean, all right, first off, you know I hate Andrew Cuomo, I've always hated Andrew Cuomo. Nothing he is doing should be any surprise to anyone who has ever shocked? worked in corporate why are, America. Why is everybody shocked? I'm no like, one's shocked. Some no people one, are, they're like, some people Yeah, are. but we're not talking about some people. <laughs> Nobody is shocked, because if people were shocked, they would be people defending him. If and Bill nobody a, is. Nobody. If Bill, okay, <laughs> to give you a contrast, if Bill de Blasio did this, people would be shocked. Because Bill de Blasio has many things, but he doesn't seem to be that guy. Right. Cuomo has always been that guy, and that's part of his, uh, his um, brand. Right. That he's like this tough guy thing. No one is shocked. I don't think he's going to retire, but I don't think oh, he's no, going to run. He's not going to run. He's not going to run for re-election because Which now they're big plan. Like he's done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now they're finding. I mean, it's just a pile on now because he's weak. You know, it's now they're finding. You know, this is serious shit. That the Tappan yeah. Bridge, which he named after his dad, which is yeah. totally justified. That there have been issues with the Tappan Z, and that reports have been. You know. Yeah, I don't, no one is not taking these women seriously right. because no one is surprised. I will say this, though. If I do nothing else in this life, and mm -hmm. I probably haven't, <laughs> I would like to see the words microaggression and toxic banned from the... And woke. The, and woke. Well, yeah, woke but banned, <laughs> from, banned from the lexicon because I am so of microaggression. It's either an aggression or it's not an aggression. Toxic right. is only a Britney Spears song and poison. And that's and it. And stop being quote unquote woke. It's like, it's so Yeah, dumb. yeah. <laughs> um, 
you know, the Chris Cuomo thing, saying he feels black and tired. I will say, look, it's a stupid thing for him to say. It's Chris such Cuomo, an old, Chris, dumb expression. No, People and have Chris Cuomo. Stop being so fucking sensitive about everything. It's dumb. Right, and it's you know also, friends I've said, well, you know I'm black on the inside. We laugh, kikiki. It's just a, it's a yeah, old, and it's school, a, like, New York dumb joke. Right, and it's also, he is, like, brotastic in the worst kind of right. way. But I will say this. Don Lemon. Oh, God. That's okay, cool. yeah, I don't even want to get, well, what I'm saying is, why are you asking him how he knew the song from Good Times? He is because he grew up in the United States and watched television. So that is like Don Lemon set him, not set him up, but you, Don Lemon put up a false equivalent. Like, oh my God, I can't believe you're a white guy and you grew up in a media savvy family and you watched mainstream television. You watched the Norman Lear short show that was on for nine years yeah, on TBS. Really? I mean, it's not like he was like, Oh my God! You know who the third bass player in Atlantic Star was? So that was like just some bullshit too. Yeah, I was, mean, that was just like, come on, you know, you know, come you on. Know what, you know what pisses me off about that? That is why when we have the serious issues, people just like, ugh, another thing because everything cannot be a flash sale emergency. No, it's not that big. This, that he he said something so stupid. Do you know how many dumb. times, do you know how many times, and I'm not justified, do you know how many times I've been around black folks and they've been railing against white people and I'm uh -huh. like, and then they go, oh, but we don't mean you, Amy, you're not really white. Well, what does that mean? Right. <laughs> I'm like, I kind of am. And right. okay, I kind of get what you're getting at, but right. really? Like, let me just tell you something. If they followed me around 24-7, I would just pack because they'd be like, you're leaving. Yeah. No, <laughs> my, I mean, mouth, so, my mouth would have me kicked out. Listen, in the scheme of things, Chris, Chris Cuomo saying something asinine is like, whatever. Who cares? Like, I mean, not who cares, but it's right. like, it's fine. You know, um, do you want to let I was going to say, since we have fun, do you want to talk about the music stuff now? Um, no, no. I, let's, let's go into the quick Dr. Seuss dumb shit. Oh because I knew you wasn't right. talking. And you know what? Uh, only uh, thing I'm going to say is uh, I'm not a person that believes in censorship. I just don't believe in censorship. Yeah. I don't. And I don't believe in censorship of books. The books have been around forever. And I, I just, I, you know, that's a sticky slope for me. Because what's offensive? This you know, isn't I mean, censorship. Who, 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 All right, but who, this, de who decides the line but, of what's a thing? But this isn't censorship. This is what's so stupid about this conversation. That's so what it. What do you think about Disney and the whole thing? Listen, putting disclaimers. And I don't mind. You know what? Here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We, we, one would hope that we progress in our understanding of things. You and I yeah. are old enough to remember the five Chinese brothers, which is fucking racist no, I'm, at, shit. I'm, I'm 32, so I don't really... Yeah, okay, that. in dog years. Um, you know, we remember, you know, Little dog Black... Dog. I want to be one of those cute ones that's always grew. Little Black, you know, we remember very re reading Rudyard Kimpling, very outdated, very... I, I am very grateful that I had parents who pointed out to me that stuff was not right and that I figured it out as well. Okay, so we do progress as a people. So there is nothing wrong. It's the same thing I do when I'm teaching to kill a mockingbird or right. Huckleberry Finn. You pre you're saying there's nothing wrong with the art. This is fantastic art. But X, Y, and Z. So I don't see anything. They're not banning it. That's the thing. Again, what drives me nuts about Republicans, other than everything, is when they're <laughs> screeching and yelling about cancel culture, to which right. I would like to say the Dixie Chicks. Hello. You 
to Hello. trade their careers for Hello. saying something. For McCart- to talk about cancel culture than reading down a list of Republicans that he's trying to cancel. That's you know, right. McCarthyism, okay? Right. You destroyed people's lives. People killed themselves. People were unable to work in Hollywood again. So, I mean, it's like if Walt Disney, if they want to, because they have a much broader base now, because things are, if they want to explain that having crows named Jim are racist, I think that is reasonable. They're not banning it. They're, it's the same thing as warning uh, there's going to be violence and drug use in a show. Right. That's all. I don't, I don't, you know, but can, it's like, fuck, cancel culture. Yeah, the Republicans like, cancel culture. I remember, remember when Amy Grant was like, a ch- only saying gospel, and then uh-huh. she started singing pop music? Oh, we gotta cancel, oh, oh we gotta boycott her, cause she's not singing about God anymore. And then she had an affair with Vince Gill and left her husband and married Vince Gill. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So, I, I just, it's just, the problem is, is that when you keep using these things over and over and over again, you, you, you well, minimize. Well, going to cancel themselves, because guess well, what? No one is mistake-free. No one. I don't I'm care not, who you are. No one. That's the thing. No one is mistake-free. So people not, always want to cancel, cancel, cancel. Then when your number comes up, and it will, be prepared to be canceled. All right. I'm not talking about mistakes, though. What I'm, no, what, I'm, I'm talking I'm, about cancel culture in general, what it is, because you can't even make a mistake, mistake these days. You can't. You make a mistake, and people are immediately like, how dare you? You should have said that. Pull your television show. Pull your records. What what the Morgan Wallen thing has shown is that everybody jump, cancel them, cancel them, and his album is number one for the eighth week. The fans were like, fuck that. We're sick of it, and we'll keep you number one. All people right. Are yeah, we're kind of, I think, well, that was sort of my point. We're kind of, we're discussing the same thing from different angles. What I'm talking about, if you want to go in with a 2021 consciousness and intelligence and look at products and art that was made in the 30s, in the 40s, in the 50s, and and contextualize it so that people today who hopefully are more enlightened or willing to be enlightened i see nothing wrong with that my my issue is that if everything is cancel culture then when something really egregious comes up it's not going to have the same impact right. that that's my thing you have you cannot just out of hand just go oh my god this is upsetting me but right. I, th- there's a difference between that for me and perpetuating racist images because we have to imagine what if you're that Chinese kid or that black kid or that Jewish kid who sees images of Jews with hook noses or talking about money or sees images of Chinese kids pulling their somebody pulling their eyes apart. I'm black. I've seen the images of right. being about like I don't have to imagine that. Right. You know but what what I, I mean? No, but what I'm what I'm saying is is that there is a difference to me between trying to educate and weed those images or contextualize those images in 2021 than there is about Morgan, what's his face? It, it's, we just have to be careful. And I think what Disney is doing, there's nothing wrong with it. I think the Dr. Seuss thing is much ado about nothing. It's a, it's an advent of social media and 24 hour cable. It would have happened if they had done it 25 years ago. We'd never know the books were pulled off the shelves. That's all. We'd never know. You know, so I think, I think we agree, but we're looking at it from sort of different angles. I got nothing wrong with somebody explaining to somebody you know, that's not something we do anymore. It's like with my students, if they use the word Negro, I'm like, we don't use that name anymore. That's all. Not canceling. You just don't use the name. You don't use that word. And here's why. 
You know what I mean? That's the thing. If we don't educate, it makes no difference. Um, so there you go. That's what I think. Yeah, um, I'm over all of it. I'm over all of it. But I'm like, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm here to protect women. I'm definitely here to stand and protect all my black queens. Um, you know, it's like I'm just over the bullshit. And I think it is up to us men. We have to start really standing up for our women and black men. We have to really start standing up for our black women and believing them. Okay, so uh, on to <laughs> let's move to a lighter topic, shall we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And by lighter, we mean nothing reference to colorism. <laughs> Just want to make that positive. Right. Right. As the, as, as the walking, talking representation right. <laughs> of white supremacy over here. I just want to make sure everybody knows. Well, actually, no, you're Jewish, so you'd be on That's the side with me. Count. Yeah, I don't count. You'd be yeah. on the side I don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can pass. I've been passing as a Christian <laughs> all my life. Really. I mean, I didn't know you were Jewish until you told me. I, you know what? Because I, like, oh. I don't act Jewish. <laughs> That's what I used to get told. Oh, you don't act Jewish. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Right. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll bring some matzo with me at all times. Okay. I do like matzo. I do like matzo, too. It's delicious. I'd be and really it, happy and if it's you going to be, some matzo. No, no, no. And it's going to be, FYI, and now if I may say something incredibly Jewish, it, stereotypically Jewish, it'll be half price in a few weeks. But once Passover is done, it goes on sale. Whee! That's Hilarious. No, I love matzo. I love oh it. All right. God. And speaking of crackers, <laughs> let's talk about. I can't even with my. I can't. Oh, can we just stop there? I've oh already. <laughs> Sorry. I, I um, love this show. We're so inappropriate. I know. Sorry. I used oh, to call this girl in fifth grade. Oh. I used to, I had all these like black little black my my little black girlfriends, my little crew, oh. and I started call. There was this one girl we all hated because she was sort of like whatever the equivalent of white trash can be in a suburb. And I used to call, "You're a cracker, you're a cracker." And then one day, my friend Debbie Jackson was black, took me aside. She goes, "Um, Amy, you're a cracker too." And I'm like, "I am." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Anyway, all right. Like new discovery. I was like, I am really. Oh, a cracker oh. means a wife. I had no idea. <laughs> oh um, all right. God. So we were a couple of weeks ago. Uh, do we want to start with um, who do we want to start with with our musical thingy do? You I know? think we should start with something that both reminds us both of a time in '80s New York when downtown was just bubbling with heroin yay that and really amazing bands and just music and ideas and moments and when i think of tom tom club yeah it just reminds me of a period in new york uh where the music scene was incredible and just we had such incredible talent just coming out and making fierce records. And then, you know, you got Tom Tom Club, which is a derivative of Talking Heads. Not and, derivative. Don't say derivative. That makes that's a bad word. Um, an oh, offshoot. Offshoot. Oh, offshoot. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Derivative you know, makes it sound like they're copying something and they're just No, 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 no. That's true. That's true. Because they weren't a copy. They're an offshoot. They're an offshoot. Yeah. And I just, you know, those first two, like, I love all their albums. But those yeah, but the first, first two, two albums, ones, yeah. 
close uh, the Tom Tom Club and close to the bone. They were yeah. recorded at the Tom. There was some magic coming out of that conference. Fun, really <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah, that. it's some good shit. I know you told me you just listened to the first album over again, and you're like everybody knows Genius of Love and Wordy Rapping Hood, but. No, it was fun. My shit. Yeah, it was really, and on, they were one on, of the. On and they were one of the first because I read uh, Chris Francis' uh, uh, memoir, I and it was really good. It's fun, yeah, and and what's what's um, they were one of the first groups to start using Compass Point actually, um, and and so no, it's a it, they are a really fun group. They are much more groundbreaking i think they actually sold more records i think than talking heads because genius of love was ubiquitous i mean it was and, like you know and, and sample to death I, to I death mean, look at mariah carey's fantasy just right made it that that sample was yeah. the key part of that song that song was number one around the globe yeah but i that was a fun it was fun to go back and listen to them and um i told you that i dated and I'm using I'm quoting here somebody in Tom Tom Club but yeah. in a later iteration and yeah. I I want to tell you that I kind of don't remember his name but I saw a picture of him I'm like oh yeah that guy mm-hmm. but he wasn't in Tom Tom Club yeah. then he was an engineer because dating musicians girls don't date a musician <laughs> ever but, but girls if you can it's always the right to get a little bit of dick. But don't try to make him your boyfriend. No. It's always a really bad idea. Candace but, and I used to have a mantra, no more cool guys, no right. more cool guys. But, you know, I never listened to myself. But, man, that second album, I fucking Pleasure of Love is my shit. I Lovely love song. that song. That Lovely. The man with the four-way He's the man with the four. And then they have the other two with my shit. Measure up. Measure up is just, it just didn't be Really, really, really. Sorry, I have really to, my cat is looking outside and I have to open the window so she can look at a bird and go, damn, I wish I could kill that, but I'm indoors. And then, you know, <laughs> boom, boom, she boom, boom. Oh, that's a good, that's a good record that. too. Call of the Wild and Sub Oceana and they had great remixes from like Marshall Jefferson, man, they're just, their catalog of work is just really stellar to me. You know, yeah. it really, really, really is. And, and Chris Francis run on um, Facebook. I don't know if you follow him, but he's a lot of fun on Facebook. And, and then, you know, the other album, The Good, The Bad, and The Funky. Well, let me just tell you something about Chris Franz. You know, he grows his own weed. And nice. he and Tina. And he gave me a joint once, and it was just like. Oh, and you're so high? But it was like. The perfect, you know, for my for, for for my smokers out there, it was just, you know, the kind where you have a really fabulous body height. I just felt so good. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I need to grow my own weed if this is what this shit is like. It well, was just my body felt good what? and great. It was fabulous. They're, he and Tina are so cool. They're friends with a with a friend of mine. I hung out with them. Just great. Yeah, they they're great, super nice people. I've met them a couple of times. I used to work at their talented. management company. I used to work in their management company, and they are incredibly nice people. Like, yeah, I want, I want people like, to really dig into that catalog. And yeah. Half Genius of Love and Wordy Rapping Hood and go to that second album, really get into Close to the Bone. And you, I think, and they also have a, a cover of You Sexy Thing. They just have really, really great music, and they're great live. They're a good time live. Oh, cool. All right. Who am I talking about? Oh, Roxy. All right. So... Um, 
if you want to know who's never going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, oh, FYI, the Grammys are this weekend. Who knew? I mean, like. We'll talk about that next week, but who knew? I was like, the NBA All-Star was like on Sunday. I'm like, really? And so we'll talk about that later. But um, so when, if you basically want to know. Uh, if you basically want to know who's going to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, just ask Amy, who did you vote for? And they will not get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, so when Roxy Music was nominated, I almost fell off my chair because they are one of my favorite bands ever, ever, ever. And then they got in and I went to go see them perform because I, whatever. And my decades-long obsession and love with Brian Ferry is mm. well known to anybody who knows me. Yes, you love um, he is passwords for several key internet things of mine. You um, people that. <laughs> well, I'm not saying how it's spelled and uh -oh. which one. I change it up all the time. <laughs> I met him once years ago when I was a basic cable star and he was like super uh -huh. nice. Um, and then I interviewed him once. Cable star. I was a basic cable star. And I interviewed him once and in person. And oh my God, I literally changed my outfit three times and laid out my earrings and took pictures of them and texted them to my uh, boyfriend again, loose term. And my best friend and go, which one should I wear to wear Brian Ferry Be to meet Brian Ferry on the off chance that he would like drop whatever supermodel he was dating and go, you know what I need in my life? A middle-aged woman. Um, <laughs> anyway, Roxy Music, um, the, everyone knows Avalon. I am not here to be one of those people who's like, oh, Avalon, who cares about Avalon? Avalon yeah. is hands down one of the most beautifully produced and executed yeah. albums. Absolutely. It's Every time you break up with somebody, there's more than this is on your fucking breakup tape. Is Slave great. to Love on Avalon? Or is that Brian's what? solo work? Is Slave to Love on That's Avalon? a solo song. That's, That's a solo, solo song? Right. Yeah, so he's, his solo career is also really great. Um, he's a great covers artist. I would I would venture to say that he's one of the great stylists of What's our the name time. What's covers album? Oh, he's got a couple. Another place, another time, another play. Most of his albums are covers albums. Or the first couple albums are covers albums. Um right cover songs and and his versions of them are quite good but the very first Roxy Music came out in, in its the eponymous uh, title came out in 72 and I have friends of mine who are British who can remember when Roxy Music first performed on Top of the Pop and they can and they tell me that when they did Virginia Plain which was not included on the American version of the album it was only on the British version and then later added during reissues that their jaws dropped because they had never seen anything like them they used to be glam and, and just everything and and this is when Brian Eno was in the group um extraordinary musicianship. That's part of what made them so great. These are fantastic musicians. Brian Ferry is unlike any other front man. So Roxy Music series of albums, I, what I always loved about them too is that there were more people doing art direction on the album than there were in the actual band. Their album covers were just amazing. That's where we first meet Jerry Hall. She's on the cover of Siren. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Brian Eno, I think, left after the second record, big fight between him and Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry is a more commercially uh, inclined artist. Eno was more kind of lots of, you know, more experimental. But they incorporate jazz and art rock and glam and pop and soul. Um, never made a bad record. The first five Roxy Music records are essential. It's funny listening to them now that, that punks were so into them because there's nothing remotely 
streamlined and, 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 um, minimalist and punk and aggressive about them. They're actually right. quite expansive. Um, I know, but Brits I think have, it's because in the beginning they were it was the, the whole art of it, you know. Yeah, like yeah, and, rock, it, and it wasn't like anything else. Which it was not like anything else, punk, right? Because they were so. Yeah, it was outside. It was yeah, outside, absolutely. and it was outside, and and also, and I know like a lot of British people have a thing about Brian Ferry be, um, in terms of that he is sort of from like the West Virginia of England and he sort of no I'm being serious he's from like uh, coal mining territory right. and he reinvented himself and he made himself very posh and his politics are kind of horrible he's into killing foxes I don't like that um, his voice is not what it used to be with Roxy he had sort of that quavery monster mash Bobby Pickett sort of voice and, and it's much sing more talks, right? yeah he sing talks and his voice is a little shot but that said you will never see a better show than a Brian Ferry live show and Roxy Music Live I've seen him three times I saw it in 78 I don't really remember the show because I was oh, probably so on their prime, I will not even like, I was probably under the influence of something when I saw him so I don't really remember the show and then I saw them when they got back together in 2000, blew my fucking mind, and then I saw them at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So a, a, a wonderful band. Please, if you're not familiar with them, go beyond Avalon. Like, go beyond Avalon, And but Avalon is still a great record. Okay, next, you go. Well, well, mine has kind of a, a punk base to it. You know, being an odd kid, I was always uh, looking for my tribe. And uh, there was this band uh, that I discovered called the Nina Hagen Band. Now, it was the oddest thing. She was odd. They were odd. But they had a song called TV Glossa, which is a cover of the tubes, White Punks on Dope. It yeah. was sung in German. It was chaotic and crazy. This woman looked crazy. And I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know who you are, but you are my people. And from that moment on, I was just like, wow. And then that next album came out, Unbehagen, and the single African Reggae, which... It's such a, listen, she's, it's hard to describe her. And it's even hard to describe why I love her. But she's really important to my, to my musical development. I loved her. I still love her. I was really drawn to the fact that she did a mix of, it's opera, it's punk, it's some reggae, it's rock, it's disco in some places, all mashed together with this crazy voice and crazy visuals. But it was so artistic and strange and out there that I appreciate that in an artist. I appreciate somebody that you just can't say, this person is this. And she also, on Unbehagen, has a, a German language cover of Lena Lovitch Lucky Number with lyrics in German that are different. But I just thought, wow, this woman is amazing. And then, you know, she gets the U.S. deal, and they put out, like, Nunsex Monk Rock. And then we have Fearless, which is her Giorgio Moroder and Keith Forsey-produced album with just amazingness on it. Like, I love Paul as my shit, but New York, New York, 
New York, New York is just a song that I, it's never going out of rotation in this house. I play that song so much. When I was in college, when I was the music director of the radio station, I think I put that shit on everybody's playlist. She got to play New York, New York by Nina Hagen. Um, she's just amazing. And then she has a song called What It Is on that album, which is later covered with different lyrics by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. She's just amazing. And she's still around. She hasn't put out a record since 2011, but she makes movies and she tours. And I just find her to be just a mind-blowing artist. She's not for the weak-minded. I think you you're have gonna to hate break. me when I. She's gonna hate me. <laughs> you hate her, right? You don't she like her. She gives me a fucking headache. No, like I was about to say. <laughs> that's what I was about to say. You have to be a real, uh, an adventurous, adventurous I am music an adventurous, lover. You are, but, but I, to love her, you have to really be no, adventurous. Because it's out there. To her it's again. So, yeah. I was just like. No, it's it's an acquired taste. Not it every, really is. Most she's of my like, friends never like understood the, why I like. She's her. like the violets of singing. You either love Violet or you, or you or hate Violet or There's cilantro. No I was looking at, and can I say enough for nothing talking about cancel culture? If she put out African reggae today, she would have her oh ass handed to her. She would, they, <laughs> she she would, would have her they, white ass handed to her. and feather her and drag her down. But they'd be like, why do you want to go to Africa? Africa, raise up my Rasta John. My But I love that. No, but I was reading that going, oh, shit, girl. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of reminds me of every white girl who puts makes their hair look like dreads. And it's like, no, no. I, I'm not denying her talent, but she gives me a fucking headache. No, let me tell you a fun, a fun fact. Um, Sorry. I used, to, I, used, I used to be uh, uh She's one like of the, the poor man's the, Ari up. Uh, no, I love her. Though. I love her. Fun I fact. Know. I um used to work with Lifebeat. I was one of the original volunteers of Lifebeat, and we used to do all these shows. And I believe oh, that was, I remember Lifebeat. that organization. They were great. We, they were really great. And it was the music industry, Fight AIDS, and it's just a great organization. We did all these shows. And one of the benefit shows, Patty Smith, was one of the performers. And that night, she decided to perform her song, Rock and Roll Nigger. Oh, yeah. I remember the. I remember that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Honey. Whole nother, whole nother, that'll be a whole nother conversation, because I actually had a... Something. Yeah. Oh, people, yeah. I just remember after... Oh, yeah. People <laughs> were... Yeah. Mortified. Yeah. John Lennon, Yoko, and a woman is the blank of the world. Oh, yeah. Right. They were mortified. But it's funny. I had to feel you with, like, Nina. Think about Nina's, and I know some of our listeners might go in and say, oh, let me listen to They're going to be like, what the fuck Yeah, it's, it's not even like the fuck. Can I tell you something? Honestly, though, one of my, my, my key, I, not that you have to be a perfect singer, obviously, because I like lots of singers who are not perfect. She's not, I just can't. I don't like yelping. I'm not a fan of yelping. She yelps. I love it. Universal radio. I know. This spring is time in Paris again and again. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah, 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 no, it gives me, it gives me. If I tell everybody, if you guys have to listen to any album, I would say go to Fearless. Fearless yeah, is but, the most commercial one because you know that, like I said, Giorgio Moroder was, was producer on this album. So that's the one that's going to give you the most where you're like, 
this is weird. If you go to the other ones, you're just going to be like, what the fuck? This bitch is yeah, it's a little what the fuck. Yeah, yeah, I love it because it's, I know. No, I'm it's, not, I am not discounting it. No. I listen to a lot of I feel like I'm the only one, except I have one friend in college. It was the two of us. We were the two people. No, it's, oh, it's, and Migs loves us. Shout out to Migs. Migs loves us. Oh, shout out to Gina. Really? Gina. What's up, Gina? What's up? I am going to call that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he loves me to hog in. He loves uh, me. You know, but Migs also likes to like, he also likes to like things that drives people up the wall too. <laughs> you know that about him. You know that he likes to be that guy in the best way. This is the man who had a party and was burning American flags. Remember that? <laughs> you at that party? He was burning little baby American flags. <laughs> Fucking epic. It was wonderful. All right. Sorry. You know, I put that on this morning. I put that on this morning and I was like, all right, I'm going to play along with this game. But uh, <laughs> eh, survey says Nina Hawkins. She's an acquired taste. Who, you Nina know, or Miguel? Miguel Nina, is not Nina. an acquired taste. No, we love Miguel. But uh, Nina Hagen is the. She's an acquired is, taste. She's absolutely. She is, she's she is absolutely the violet, the violet and cilantro uh <laughs> you either love violets and love cilantro like i do or you think right. they both taste like soap all right <laughs> now here's something that black and white gay and straight man and woman uh ebony and ivory can agree on so a couple of weeks ago courtney posted something like an interview from five thousand years ago about with with terence trent darby under the name that he currently uses Please tell me how you pronounce it because I don't want to be that person who mispronounces it. Sundaya. Sundaya. He changed his name legally. He, it's fine. I don't give a fuck what he calls himself. Um, but, and it talked about a new album coming out. Matreya. Right. And uh, that's fine. I don't give a fuck what he calls himself. So everybody, you would have thought that we had invited him to come on the show. Such was the incitement about it. I can't believe so many people reacted to that article. The article was a four-year-old article because he's got a new live album coming out next week. No, it's not a live album. It's a studio album. Oh, I thought it was a live album. No, 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 no. Yes, he has a studio album coming out in, like, next week, which the publicist is on my ass to say something about and I haven't right. finished listening to it because it's 12 years old I mean 12 hours long but so far so good so we started thinking about Terrence Trent Darby and um who our friend the late great Leslie Pitts used to call terribly trendy darky um and she's black so she can get away with that um he was like the thing he was the thing that first album introducing the hard line everybody owns that record um, it's a fantastic record. It stands up. He sold like 10 million copies. Um, he had the audacity. I mean, he ran his mouth a lot. He said stupid shit, but fun stuff. And stuff that he had, had he said if he were a rock star, nobody would have given, like a white rock star, nobody would have said, said boo. And if he were a rapper, nobody said boo, but he didn't kind of play the game. His backstory was all made up. You know, he, like I was raised in England. No, you were not. You were raised in Manhattan. But that's, that's the part. Like everybody thought for some years, oh, he's British. He is from Manhattan. And Florida. <laughs> You know, but who cares? The thing is, is that, like, I've always told people, I don't mind if my rock stars are weird. If my dentist right. is weird, right. I'm nervous. But I, rock like stars, my lock, I like my rock stars to be weird. If you're weird, weird you're going to come yeah. out with good music. Yeah, be weird. Be whatever. Make up your name. I don't give a flying fuck. But, um, but then he puts out the second record, and people acted as though it was the worst, like, it was 
they acted as though it was the metal machine music of of black pop black and in hindsight it's just not that bad it's just not the first record and then he puts out symphony or damn which i love and i think you can start seeing the the germation of what he became later on and then vibrator which we all fantastic records but i was looking at that's the where I saw him. I saw him the Vibrator tour. Yeah, I saw him the Hardline tour, and then I saw him again. But I'm looking at the thing about what's really interesting about the first album. First off, it set that sort of template for, like, black guys to do kind of retro soul, like the heinous Leon the Not heinous, but just not interesting Leon Bridges. And who's that other guy? Aloe Black, someone who cares about him. And, you know, black music... It still cracks me up. Do you remember no. when I was like, Leon Bridges, and you were like, I can't stand him. And I was like, I, mean, I, I wasn't him. I've heard him before. But what my point was going to be is that the music that he made on the first record, and it's fantastic music, but that neo-soul stuff is comfort food for a lot of people, especially right. white people. White people love Motown. White people love... I mean, everybody loves Motown. So it was sort of comfort food, but it's also the only album that he didn't produce the first record. So that explains a lot of the kind of cohesiveness, and that's not a criticism of the other records, because from there on, he went into auteur status, and he was producing and writing and arranging. The first couple of actors, he only uh, wrote and um, arranged. He has a lot of side people on the first record. The rest of the records, it's all him. Um but I, I love him. I think he's a, a great artist. I did meet him twice once I interviewed him. I'm not going to lie. He was a little strange. I, I was sitting there going, oh, my God, I have to interview him for the New York Times, and he's looking out the window talking about the cosmos. This is going to be scary. <laughs> he was really fucking nice. He was very um, impressed that I knew who Walt Whitman is, which speaks oh, volumes about the stupidity of people. I'm like, really? Because Walt Whitman's, like, famous. And he's tiny, <laughs> tiny, yeah. and he didn't hit on me, and I not that I would have done anything, but it's just really depressing when you meet these musicians who will sleep with um, a platypus, and they don't hit on you. Like, I interviewed Eric Benet, nicest guy in Night Town, um, as we know, hit on everything, and I'm like, why don't they hit on me? <laughs> Why am I not being marginalized and sexualized? <laughs> not fair, Courtney. You're like you're like. Excuse me. I'm smart, and this vagina works. Like, right. I, why, like not, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to sleep with you. But could you just check me out as I'm walking away? That's all. <laughs> You're like, because I do motherfucking Pilates, okay? This yeah, well, ass is sitting I up. Did. And I didn't have to. I was in my... <laughs> I didn't have to do shit back there. I just <laughs> a human being. But uh, I'm just saying. But no, a great artist. The music stands up. And you're going to talk a little bit about the um, the other half of his career, where he's sort of um, doing his own thing totally now, right? Yeah, the you know, listen. Like, I have the Negro Mortis uh, critical... Mass series. He did a couple of uh, EPs. And listen, the music is, he's a, he's a great musician. He's a great, he's a great music. songwriter. Great. You know, I also think with him, the later work is an acquired taste. You yes. know, it's really hard to come out. You know, I think a lot of people don't realize how daunting it is for people to come out and have that kind of success, worldwide success on the front record, on that first record, because then people seem to think 
that's who you are and everything is going to sound like that and you kind of get trapped yeah. into that hole yeah. And I, and, yeah and i don't think he was some people are really you know musicians because that is their calling the fame part is not their favorite part of it you know they want to make a living making their art and i think he was one of those people and i think that to be a shy person that level of worldwide fame it just seemed like, you know, was too much for him. And, I, and I've seen that happen to artists. I've worked with artists that are really not comfortable with that kind of stuff. So no, I think but... a lot of the music that he's made later has been a little weird and out there, and that's why the commercial yeah, success really is different. But I, mean, I actually hard. like that. I like that. That, to me, is a real artist. There are a lot of people call themselves artists. I'm like, no, you're a singer. You're not an artist. You sing songs. There are other people like him. He is a true artist who does not compare com- uh, care about the commercial viability of it. He cares about, I make music. I have fans that love my music. I don't need to play at the garden. I can play at Webster Hall. I can play at these smaller rooms, pack them out. People will come see me and they'll love it. It's like, it's like Nana Cherry. When Nana played New York, I did not realize that show that, um, that you and I went to was her, only her second show in New York. Bill and I went to her first show and I couldn't believe that that was her first show in New York, I'm thinking, wait a minute, all of the albums and your biggest success and you never have a show, and you would think, okay, I've never done a show in New York, so I'm going to come at least give them some of my catalog. She didn't. She gave the new album and one old song, and some people were turned out, but I'm like, listen, that's an artist. Not every artist is going to say, I want to just sing my old song. Well, I think, I mean, I, I, I do think he would, I mean, the third album, um, Symphony or Dam and Vibrator did okay. I mean, it had rock, it had videos. I remember that it had rock, it, it scored on rock chart. I don't you think know, that was also, you know, that was also the first two albums were Columbia. And then I believe Vibrator might have been through the work group. I don't, yeah. which was, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. distributed through Columbia I, or Epic, I, one of them. I mean, yeah. I will, you know, he he's still making music. His voice is still strong. It's not as strong as it used to be, but it's still strong. But he's older now. I begrudge him no eccentricity if he wants, you know, better that uh, than to explode like an Amy Winehouse, who, who also was not cut out for stardom, was an no. artist. But I think, he's, I think he's great. He's always been somebody I go back to and listen. Um, I am listening to the new record um, in three days when I get done listening to it because it's long as shit and I don't have oh my god 110 but I didn't know that he'd been making albums with 110 records for quite some time so it's like I know it's so funny it was like the last album was 20 years ago I was like no he's been making records (laughs) all right we should probably start wrapping up so um the Grammys are on Sunday so we'll no one cares no one cares (laughs) cares. Uh, we'll be paying rapt attention to that um and by rapt attention, I mean watching it on YouTube the next day. We have um, a dynasty, so I might be watching a Knicks game. <laughs> oh, cool. And I, of course, will be watching 90 Day Fiance. Um, <laughs> well, it's not done yet. They have 90 days. Okay, Courtney, they have 90 days to get married. That's why it's called 90 Day Fiance. So when we oh, are now. You know what? I never knew. So wait, is it like a countdown? <laughs> it's a K-1 visa. Courtney, why do you wait think I want? I don't even know the concept of the show. Like, what is the concept? It's on the the learning channel, so it's educational. (laughs) I love that you always start with that disclaimer. Okay. (laughs) Now I'm going to teach you something. Each one teach one, Courtney. Okay. (laughs) 
So basically, what there's all these offshoots, but the basic concept is is that these people meet for however they meet online, whatever, and they go over there to their country, the Americans, and they hang out with them, and then to to in order they get they they get what's called a fiance visa, which okay. is a K one visa, okay. which is basically you come here now back to this country and you have ninety days to get married, or they <laughs> your monkey. No, in real life, that's what. That, a wait a minute, you realize yeah. this entire time. I had no idea I never actually thought about why it was called. I thought it was some shit like, oh, like we've been fiancés for like 90 days. I had oh. no idea it was so some shit with a visa. No, it's anyone visa, but the thing that's so how happening. how do people meet? How do they meet? Like, how do they meet? They meet for, like, loser websites that they <laughs> on vacation, and they're getting their hair braided at the beach, and they meet a hot guy, and, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that what, I mean, this year, this uh, season, the people on the show, because you always want to root for somebody. They're all despicable. I want them all to go down in flames. Right. But this year, the thing that's different is that it's happening, and COVID is also playing a role. So they have okay. to, like, move it along. But anyway, long story short, I will not be watching the Grammys. That, oh, I, I can't believe you didn't know that. No. I don't, I don't think it ever dawned on me why it was actually called 90 Day Fiance. Right, so it's like 90 Day Fiance, this kind, there's 90 Day Fiance, 90 Day Fiance the other way. And the other way is when they go over to their, their respective fiance's home country uh, uh, and hang out with them. But obviously that's not going to be able to happen now because right. nobody can travel. Right, right, and right. then if they meet someone who's in a Muslim country, mm-hmm. they couldn't come here, couldn't get a visa because they were right. Muslim. Courtney... It's a very important show that speaks oh to cultural God. and economic input. And so your obvious mocking and eye-rolling of me when I watch <laughs> How did you know? I, I'm rolling my eyes right now. Do you also watch, like, Life, Life, Life After Lockup or Love After Lockup or yes. whatever that shit's called? <laughs> but I will say this. I will say this about Life After Lockup and Love After Lockup. I love it. it you're like, yes. I do. But it, it, is, it is hitting limits of trashery that even I can't take in. <laughs> I'm like, you know what, Amy? I understand you need to, you know, it's been a rough year, but this is, uh, there's too Every many people. Every time I see the commercial, is the big tit, big lady. No, it's tit, bad. Big, it's, big titty lady talking about no, it's, he's uh, it's coming crazy. out of prison. Like, and like, um, and then they show what they were arrested for, criminal possession of a handgun and methamphetamine dealing. Oh, you're not a person I want to be around at all. Why is all it right. always meth? It's always meth in these shows. Because it's always meth. That's, that's a that's because they can get done with their prison sentence fast. Oh, I don't know. Oh, why you ask me the drug questions? All right, wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Well, people, thank you for joining us for another <laughs> thrilling episode of I Don't Know What This Show Is. So follow us on, remember, follow us on our Facebook, and I'm going to let you finish all one word. We're there all the time. Lots of articles, lots of shit. We discuss lots of stuff there. We're there a lot. Follow us on Twitter at Finishama. Follow us our hosting company, Listening Party Presents, on IG. Follow us on IG at I'ma Let You Finish NY, all one word. And, you know, if you're listening to this, thank you. That means you follow us on Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or SoundCloud. We really appreciate you. And we really appreciate you guys for rocking with us now that we've come, we've gone weekly and the feedback is great. Talk to us. We answer back. You can. Hit us on the Facebook. You can DM us. You can tweet us. And 
talk about subjects, talk about albums that you like. You know, we talk about everything here. So thank you guys. Bye. Bye. See you next week. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Custom Inc. can help you recognize employees, show customer appreciation, and outfit your teams with your favorite products and brands customized with your logo. At CustomInc.com, you can easily make your mark on all sorts of products, including water bottles, backpacks, polos, jackets, and so much more. Make Custom Inc. your go-to business partner with great customer service, quality products, and all-in pricing with personalized help when you need it and an easy-to-use website when you don't. All backed by a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go to CustomInc.com to get started today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.